Welcome to the Hey Soul Sister podcast, where Mel Histon will guide you through life's big questions and bring you one step closer to doing this crazy journey as best you can. Hey Soul Sisters, today I've got the fabulous yogi, author, speaker and creator of the Watch Your Language program, Meg Linton here in the Hey Soul Sisters studio with me. Hey Meg, how are you going? Hey Mel, it's always a pleasure. Uh, love having you here. Thank you. And I have asked Meg to come along because I'm really keen to talk about meditation and then going on to how meditation and yoga work together because I feel as though for many of us, it's been a really stressful few years. Um, it's funny, I didn't find the two COVID years especially stressful for myself, but I've really kind of struggled a bit this year and Many a woman, and I guess the women that we see at Got Your Back, sister, have been living with this underlying level of stress and anxiety with COVID and then coming back into the real world again. Uh, sorry, not the real world, the operating world again. <laughs> and I've always been a big believer in using meditation to help find uh, calm and peace enjoy to relieve stress and tension and I'm certainly no expert whatsoever in meditation I kind of just uh, do my do with what I've learned but I really wanted Meg to come in and talk us through today what is meditation get back to the basics how do we do it how does it impact us because I know some people are a bit scared of it do you find that Meg Definitely, definitely. Even I'm still scared of it. Sometimes <laughs> 100%. And I just firstly want to acknowledge what you said before. I totally agree. And I've been in a similar boat. I found the COVID time, uh, I quite enjoyed it, the space. I needed it at the time. But this year has been messy, right? This year has been so messy. Oh, my God. Yep. <laughs> it's just, it's, it's uh, it, it, as we, you mentioned before, there's like this, this underlying uncertainty that I think we're all feeling at a deep down level. Um, We've kind of had things stripped away from us that we knew and we're kind of finding a new way for ourselves, which is, you know, it's it's uncomfortable. And uh, one of the things I'm leaning into at the moment is the practice of tatiksha. And tatiksha is the ability to find cheerfulness in the discomfort, which I love. Tatiksha. Tatiksha. Yeah, it's um, one of the six treasures and uh, from it's just the Buddhism teachings and it's just amazing. So when faced with discomfort, how can we do our best to find cheerfulness? Because it's happening anyway. Okay, how do we do that? I don't know, I'm still figuring it out. (laughs) 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 I love you. But it is, it's a ride, right, isn't it? And we don't know, I think, the answer. None of us knows enough to be right or have the answer, you know, yourself or myself included. And I think if we can be gentle with ourselves along the way and choose that kindness or compassion when things are difficult, the situation's happening anyway. So that the world's a mess at the moment anyway. We're doing our best through it. And if we can soften to that, I think we can then possibly find an easier way through and be a bit more gentle and kind through the mess. Yeah. (laughs) You know, it's funny. I first discovered meditation 13 years ago when I was going through breast cancer treatment. I had it so weird in the one week I had three different people say to me when they were asking about the breast cancer treatment, I had three different people say to me, you need to go and see this woman, Katia, who's a kinesiologist and also runs meditation classes. 
And I took that as a sign when I had three different people all say, you need to go see this woman. So I actually did. And that's when I first discovered meditation. And, you know, I found it a bit confronting at first. And I remember saying to her, I can't get my mind to stop. I'm kind of just like drifting around and thinking crazy thoughts. And, and, and I don't know if I'm doing it right. She she taught me a few different techniques and things. And, and for a long time, then I kind of stopped doing it. But it's been Charlotte Therapy, who my mindfulness guru, who has <laughs> certainly, yeah, who's encouraged me to keep with the practice, the daily practice of meditation. Yeah, and it definitely is. It's a practice, isn't it? And what happens when we get busy, that mm. starts to go that um, we think, oh, I don't have time to meditate. And then the mind, of course, starts to go. And it's, as I say, it's sixty to 70,000 thoughts a day. And of course, when we stop to meditate, however that may be, because we've stopped, the thoughts are going to start to become really noisy. We start to experience, of course, the monkey mind. Yeah. And then as what you mentioned before in our previous conversation, we started thinking, oh my God, what about dinner? What about the conversation I had with my boss? What about that email? Oh fuck, what's going to happen like tomorrow when I've got to present this? Mm-hmm. The mind just goes crazy because we've stopped. But it's almost about letting it be. And it's one thing that my yoga teacher taught me when I first did my yoga teacher training because I struggled being still. You've read my book. (laughs) I was on the go consistently and stopping scared me because my thoughts would rise to the surface. And that's what happened. It got too noisy. So I would numb and run, however that was. And I got very good at doing that. Um, I think a lot of us can relate to that. That we, that we keep running and doing. It's easier to to do something than to deal sometimes with the noise of our mind. And, you know, it's, um, it's confronting and it's really noisy up there sometimes. You know, it's um, having a constant conversation with ourselves. If you've read The Untethered Soul by Michael Singer, he talks a lot on, on that. And our, our, it's, our body and our mind is talking to us all the time. Yeah. And I love how he says that actually it's something like, you know, 98% of what we, the thoughts that we have in our head are absolute crap. And that if we were saying our thoughts to somebody else, you think you're a complete asshole. Absolutely. It's like they're flashing above our head. We'd all just be like, none of us would go outside. Yeah. It would actually be quite hilarious for one day, wouldn't it? Be, oh, my goodness. Yeah. And if we spoke to ourselves, if we spoke to a friend the way we speak to ourselves, you know, that friend would totally wipe you. Absolutely. Yeah. It's so powerful, isn't it? It's very interesting. And it's observing the thoughts. And I think, it's understanding again they're not us we're experiencing them and in meditation we experience the thoughts we notice them you become the observer so when we go to sit in meditation for example let's just say a five minute silent meditation which is actually quite hard things are going to come up and they say to witness your thoughts like clouds sometimes it's super cloudy up there but there's always this blue sky mind there's always the clarity up there but there might be so many clouds that day someday there might not be many but it's just to observe them and notice them without judgment oh i'm thinking that oh wow that's a really nasty thought oh wow did that just cross my mind like to be curious not critical and to simply just notice let it be and let it pass and not try to quiet the mind with meditation but just to sit in it when it's messy i always like to say oh fuck it's really messy up there today (laughs) i just like to call it out you know, and just say, oh my God, I'm experiencing this. I'm experiencing anxiety today, or I'm thinking that, but that's nothing to do with me. Want to save your soul? Review us on Apple Podcast. 
So scientific research shows that meditation appears to have an amazing variety of neurological benefits. It can actually rewire our brain. Yeah. Mm. And and I guess it's that whole, especially if we do it as a daily practice, it's, what, what do they say? Um, it's like you've, your brain, it rewires and, and your new neural pathways will fire together. So rather than having the habit of having maybe stressed negative thoughts or whatever, whatever that you actually train your brain to be calmer, to change your thoughts, um, you know, and all the benefits that come with that, you know, reducing stress, controlling anxiety, promoting our emotional health and increasing our self-awareness and also slowing aging. (laughs) Definitely. It really does have so many benefits. And I think that for me was one of the, the longest and hardest journeys, but also the most rewarding to look back on today and actually go, wow, that has actually changed. I still fall into moments of course and more often this year than not um where i'm tipped out of balance and i'll go back to those old thought patterns and wiring you know of shitty self-talk and whatever it might be but i pick it up a lot quicker now and it's like anything it's like learning a skill if we don't practice repeat (laughs) and be consistent with it then those old neural pathways we're just going to be firing one of those same neurons so when we're triggered in our environment with whatever that might be, a person, environment, or you know, a situation, we're actually just going to go back to autopilot because that synaptic connection and that cluster of neurons is so strong, and that's where I was for so many years. So I'd think I'd be good and whatnot, and something would happen, and straight away I'd go back to that self-sabotage. And it's, it is exactly that. It's about taking a breath. Even that's a meditation, right? For me... I've learned to take a big, deep breath from the belly, ribcage to lungs, lungs, ribcage, belly. And most of us have that five or four seconds to do that. What that does is it pauses. It interrupts the pattern of reactivity. So we don't fire and wire the same neural pathways and neural networks of judgment or comparison, which is what mine was, or numbing and running (laughs) when things get hard. And I was able to choose again. That choosing again path might be difficult. That's the discomfort because... It's not, it's new, it's different. And then every time you try to just take that breath and pause, you start to fire and wire new neurons. And that then creates a different cluster that when we're triggered in our environment, we actually choose more kindness or compassion or something towards our higher self. Yeah. Now, I know that some people think that meditation is complicated or you may have seen videos or movies where people are meditating and it and it looks foreign or like uh, like a religious thing or or what have you but actually I guess Meg I, I I'd like you to talk through with us what's a, an easy basic way for us to start a meditation practice oh I love this question I walked out of my, as you know, I'm a yoga teacher, yin and movement. I walked out of my first four yin classes because I couldn't be still. Now, yin is one of my most favorite things to teach now. I couldn't handle it. And yin's a form of meditation, of course. To answer your question, to bring something in, maybe we do something right now. Okay. If you're up for it. I'm um, up for anything. If you're driving, that's probably, um, <laughs> probably pull over or 
pause it and and do this back. But this is just a breathwork technique. This is something that really helped me. And it's just also using a dialogue as we're breathing in. The one thing to incorporate into this is to think of your body like a balloon. So when we breathe in, we're literally breathing from the belly first, the ribcage and the lungs, which is going to stimulate our vagus nerve, which connects our gut and our brain to actually tell our nervous system we're safe. All right. So we're good? Yep. All right. So just taking your full breath in. Mm-hmm. And a breath out. So we're going to inhale, expand the belly, inhale, expand the rib cage, and inhale, expand the lungs. Exhale, deflate the lungs, deflate the rib cage, and deflate the belly. Breathing in, belly, rib cage, lungs, and breathing out, lungs, rib cage, belly. I want you guys to continue with that breath, super slow, about four counts in and four counts out. And as you breathe, just recognizing that our breath is like a wave. It's just a moment in time. So it comes and then it goes. Some of those waves might be more uncomfortable than others. And some of them might be so pleasant and easy to ride. So a really nice way that you can bring yourself to a space of presence in a moment of discomfort is on your inhale, I want you to breathe in the words, I feel. So as you breathe in, just say to yourself, I feel, and that might be gratitude. It might be empowered. It might be safe. And on your exhale, breathe out the words, I choose to let go of and let something go. We'll take about three more breaths just for today. So breathing in the words, I feel. And breathing out the words, I choose to let go of. And do that two more times. So fully in. And fully out. Do that one more time, breathing in how you feel. And breathing out, I choose to let go of and let something go. As taking a normal, natural breath for a moment or two. And then when you feel ready, just open your eyes. Well, I feel relaxed. Just <laughs> it's uh, sometimes... Meditation doesn't have to be super difficult, but if we give ourselves a little bit of a a task or something to repeat to ourselves, even the words, I know I'm breathing in and I know I'm breathing out is such a good place to start. And if we are stuck in any patterns, just those two concepts of actually going, you know what, this is how I want to feel moving forward from this moment, because we always have a moment in front of us. What's done is done. What's coming up is out of our control but we what we can control is how we see it so it can be a really really nice one if we're you know struggling any fear doubt worry whatever it might be Tasha you go hang on a second maybe I could feel grateful for what's unfolded today or what I've got in front of me two feet in a heartbeat whatever it might be to just find that space and that takes two to three minutes so research shows as I said before that meditation impacts the brain It impacts our minds and our thoughts. How does it affect our heart? 
What's the heart-brain connection there? Oh, so interesting. There's a quote from Michael Singer singing around in my head right now. What ends up in our mind as a thought stems from how we feel about ourselves in our heart. Mm. That hit home when I heard that and it made me question how I was actually feeling in my heart space and how that was creating my own dialogue and thoughts. Does that make sense? Say that line again, but his, yep. his quote again. What ends up in our mind as a thought stems from how we feel about ourselves in our heart. Yeah. So if we are sort of experiencing, I guess, that unworthiness or whatever it might be in our own heart or lack of love, so to speak, that's going to vibrate. And so vibration, it's energy. Energy is energy in motion. Emotion, sorry, is energy in motion, right? Everything's moving. So that vibrates then up to our thoughts. And of course, that becomes our dialogue. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. Totally. Yeah, it really hit home. I remember that really well because I was like, whoa. So hang on a second. If I if I start to fill myself love cup and I work on a bit more kindness and acceptance of myself and authenticity, is that going to have a knock-on effect on the mind? Um, and for me, absolutely, it did. Yeah. So it's interesting when I meditate, um, and it's something that I learnt to do. And again, I I don't meditate. I should meditate every day, but I don't. I don't either. Okay. but when I do I actually and I I do the deep breathing and and try and well I actually try and stop my thoughts but you were saying don't stop your thoughts just kind of observe your your thoughts but I actually then visualize my heart being a flower that's Mm. opening and all the petals of of my heart and love going throughout my body and I get the most beautiful feeling in my heart and it, it's just pure love and joy um and so that's something that i've that i've learned to do is to do that visualization and it really does lift my mood absolutely and i know when i'm and i, t- I do it when okay when i'm on holidays i manage to find time to do that i need it during the everyday working yeah. week yeah. <laughs> but um but i i find that you know so if i start to think about something that may have possibly stressed me but it doesn't worry me anymore because you know i, I have that beautiful glow and it does change those thoughts mm-hmm. so that's interesting i i don't rec- that you you mentioned that quote from michael and i go yeah it's true it's, it is fascinating. I love that you just mentioned a visualization meditation because I think we're all different. One that um, also really just came to my mind then is from one of my movement teachers and it's a standing meditation, which you fall over if you, uh, <laughs> if you um, aren't present with it. And it's, it's basically about just grounding your feet on the ground and you start with your eyes open, but you start to work with eyes closed and you just slightly tip forward like into the toes with with a straight body and you'll feel you've got a grip on and you'll feel your body tip out of balance forward. Then you come back to equilibrium and you notice being still. Then you tip backward into the heels. And this is a three minute standing meditation. That for me was a great start. Um, but the visualization too, um, that was a huge one. And a yoga nidra meditation is also really lovely for that too. That's a really lovely way to start of actually moving through your body and having gratitude for every single part of your body like literally seeing it with like golden light or love or compassion that for me was a really big one because i had so many body image struggles so i would have to go through this meditation and see my belly with love and light and it was a golden light for me that's just beautiful 
how, can, how could you not have lovely, <laughs> you know, how could that not change your mood and then mm. have lovely thoughts when you are consciously doing a meditation and thinking kindly about yourself and your body? Yeah, it's just, it's like, why not? I'm going to, and I, all I did was I gave myself that 20 minutes and I'm like, I'm just going to choose in this moment. Because after that, I, you know, obviously we're still struggling at the time, but that 20 minutes, I was like, I'm just going to, I'm going to receive. And that's it. You make a commitment to yourself to give back. And a yoga nidra is just a beautiful way to find space. You mentioned before about the thoughts. For, for me, that one, my thoughts quiet and really, really quick because we're actually focusing on the body and the arm and the finger and the knee and the hip and the lower back. So you quiet your mind by the time you finish and you feel so rested. And that would be a great place to start. Yeah. Let's get soulful on social media. Search the Sister Code Facebook page and follow us on Instagram. So tell me about what's the connection between meditation and yoga? I kind of tried yoga a few years ago. I did some yin yoga. I did enjoy the yin yoga. I stopped going because I found it really hard to get a car park. (laughs) Which I know that sounds really flippant. She but walks into Yin really angry and I'm like, what the bloody hell? I've been driving around for half an hour looking for a car park. Oh, my God. <laughs> Ready to throw the yoga block at the teacher. Yeah, I know the ones. <laughs> yeah, but tell me about, about the connection between meditation and yoga. Mm. Yeah, let's talk on Yin because obviously there's Yang yoga and flow. As you know, I love to move that way but the yin saved my life in so many ways wow it really did i'm very very grateful it taught me to pause it taught me to be still because i was on the go so much and what it did was help settle my nervous system so our nervous system is everything if we like i was for three decades living in my spinal sympathetic system I'm constantly reactive, right? My body was real. I had traps up to my ears nearly. They were so elevated from stress and tension. And then you add in things like phones these days and devices. So we're kind of always using them. And what you mentioned before too, there's this kind of underlying uh, unsettling feeling at the moment where it's, uh, it's, it's hard to relax into the unknown as we know. So yin really helped me soften and pause yeah. and stop. So I think a lot of people think of yoga as potentially being quite strenuous at times. And we we hear of hot power yoga, which I've never tried. I'm kind of scared of it. So tell us about yin yoga and how that differs from the yang and the hot power yoga. Mm. It's like, how do I say, it's like a big warm hug. It's not a restorative class, but you come into the class and you get your equipment, bolsters, blocks, straps, all the things, blankets. And you are basically holding a pose, a shape passively for anywhere between three and 10 minutes. What this does is it helps the connected tissue and fascia, which has nothing to do with the muscles, to actually let go of their grip around the joints. So it's a practice for the joints. It's amazing. So as you know, I move a lot by choice and I love it, but I also do yin yoga every night before bed because of that reason. Otherwise, I'm going to break. Otherwise, everything's going to get really, really tired. But when we allow the breath to move through the body in yin, again, we're sending a neural message from our brain to our body to say, wow, you're safe. It's okay. You can let go of your grip. So we start to not only find space within the joints, but the nervous system has an opportunity to return from spinal sympathetic fight flight, which we need, but we can't live there right back to what's called our ventral vagal circuit which is safety and it's social connection 
And it's our place of equilibrium and presence. And of course, when we're present, we can make a choice. Yeah. So when you're holding a yin yoga pose, are you meditating at the same time? (laughs) You're either meditating or just swearing your head off at the instructor for holding it for about five minutes and thinking, how long is she going to fucking keep us in this pose for? (laughs) <laughs> so I like that you're going to go one way or the other a hundred percent so it's very interesting you may find in say your first yin yoga practice that you will you'll get in there and you'll sit in a pose and the teacher you know may or may not talk and I was one of those I would look up I would fidget I would get really angry because it was uncomfortable I didn't like being uncomfortable. So that's the practice of it. You very much drop into a shape which may or may not be nice. Some of them are very challenging. Some of them are beautiful for the body. And you sit and stay. So it teaches you to be with the noise. Does that make sense? Yeah. 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 And you just got to sit in it. I didn't like the frog pose. (laughs) I still don't like the frog pose. (laughs) But it does change. It's interesting over time. You'll notice that as we evolve and change, as we always are, some poses that you might not have liked a year ago change. Yeah. But it's beautiful for the body. I do remember some beautiful poses, um, you know, and holding them for 10 minutes, but actually lying there and feeling such peace but also having memories pop up of Mm. memories of happy times which was i found interesting you mentioned before about it being a meditation and it's it's a roller coaster ride some days depending on where we're at in our day if we are feeling any anxiety or stress or whatever you may walk into a yin yoga class and all those thoughts are going to come up because maybe we've been too busy to deal with them through our day so uh, again i talk on the book a fair bit about trying to be in the moment with things that arise, emotions. If we push them down and suppress them, they're only going to come up when we get quiet. Like before we go to bed, when we sleep, they all rise to the surface. The same's in a yin class. Does that make sense? Yeah. So if we've had a day like that, absolutely they'll come up. So yin is, it's an inner practice. It's very emotional. There's a lot of tears sometimes, um, especially in any hip work because our hips are located around our sacral chakra, which is emotions. And when we work in the hips, things come to the surface. It's like, why did I cry in a yin class? I'm like, that's good. You're getting energy out. Yeah. Yeah. Meg, thank you so much for coming into Hey Soul Sister and sharing that with us. And again, I was really keen to have that conversation around meditation and for anybody, because I know a lot of people, yeah, are fearful around it or they kind of dismiss it and think that it's all too hard and they don't know what to do and they can't quiet their mind. But I love that you've come in and just showed us a really simple way that we can do that. Thank you. It's something I'm so passionate about. And just think when you go in there, it's like what you mentioned before. If we try to force our mind to be still, we're only creating more tension. Tension only creates more tension. So surrender to it, soften to it and just notice, oh, wow, my mind's really freaking messy today. And trying that approach of just like, oh, okay, cool. I'm noticing this rather than trying to fix it or change it. It actually then makes the practice a lot easier. And you finish your five minutes and go, well, I sat through that. And it was a mess, but it was, I did it. (laughs) And over time, it starts to soften. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, my friend. Now, where can people find you? Perfect. Best place at the moment on Instagram. So watch.ya.language. And I have quite a few yin yoga. I've got probably about 130 videos now on my YouTube channel, which is a mixture of meditation, yin, movement, and also flow yoga. Okay. 
Thank you. And that's under Meg Linton? It is. That's under my name. Meg Linton on YouTube. Thank you so much, Soul Sister. Thank you, Love having you on. Likewise. Thanks for listening to Hey Soul Sister with Mel Histon. What would help you on your crazy life journey? Email melissa at thesistercode.com.